Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Am I on? Can you hear me? I can hear you just All right. Just getting adjusted, getting ready for a great two-hour show, another live show here this morning. Um, I am Dan Podesto. Don't let the intro fool you. Jason Grody is on a leave of absence today. We've got a fantastic fill-in, becoming a regular here on the radio. Jason Van Dyke is filling in for Jason Grody. Keeps my job easy. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Why are we here? It's so nice outside. It's tough, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I'm going to shut this window so I don't have to stare outside. You always laugh about how uh, when the weather's not so nice, we have a lot of call-ins. And, <laughs> right. and when the weather's beautiful, there's uh, there's less people seeming to call in. Still listening, I feel like, but less uh, less active in the phone calls coming in. Yeah. Hopefully we can take a few today. Yeah, I that'd like be great. We are going to open up the phone lines here in a little bit. And it's probably a great opportunity to, to remind our listeners that um, on such a beautiful weekend afternoon, you can take your iPad or your phone out, download the KVEC app on your device, and you can listen to us while you're outside, maybe pulling weeds or, I don't know, whatever, you're, just sunbathing, whatever you do outside. Is that what you do? You do a little sunbathing? <laughs> Probably outside. more weed pulling yeah, than sunbathing. I'm with but. you there. They're taking <laughs> us to the beach. We don't get to go to the beach, but we're there vicariously because they're listening to us at the beach. Exactly. You can you can take us to the beach. You can gather all of your friends around and, and then discuss during the commercial breaks what we've been talking about. I feel like I should put sunscreen on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it is a great day out there. There's you've lots a, to do. You've it's been summertime. a pretty busy guy this week, right? You're. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're in charge of for the 4th of July out there in Morro Bay. Yeah, it's been heating up. You know, we're, what are we, six days out from the 4th of July. Um, it's uh, it's coming up. <laughs> it's it on is. Friday. And, and uh, as usual, last five years, I've been helping organize the festivities in Morro Bay. It's going to be another great year out there. Um, we've got live music all day, ch uh, activities for the family, um, a lot of, lot of like arts and crafts for kids. There's a little um, hour or so blocked off for some lawn games, you know, a little three-legged race. How fun. Lots of fun stuff. It's a whole um, day geared for families. The bike parade is probably one of the biggest um, attractions. There's a bike parade that goes from the Rock parking lot all the way to Tidelands Park. So it's a it's a big slow moving uh, bike parade down the Embarcadero in Morro Bay. How fun! So that's all day event then. Yeah? It's all day, yeah. It actually starts at 10 a.m. with a skateboard race um, on the Embarcadero. It's a it's a one mile. Uh, it it's a it's quite a spectacle to see one mile race. Um, there's I think usually like 50 or 60 participants, some pro, some amateurs. You know, some of them are just kids, and they're attempting to break the world. Uh, record for uh, speed record for one mile on a skateboard. No way. And the first couple of years that we had this event, the world record was broken. I don't believe it was last year. Um, so we'll see if they can do it again this year. 
Wow, that's interesting. So that's fun. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Morro Bay, um, and of course, fireworks uh, in the evening. Um, we have one of the one of the better fireworks displays in the county. So um, if you're not, if you don't have plans already, make your way down. There's a lot of great places to view fireworks in Morro Bay. Um, they're shot from a barge in the bay, so you know anywhere around the bay really has a great view. All just, you have to do is look up. Just have to hope for no fog, right? That always yeah, it's of... always a challenge, but, you know, we're not the only beach community that faces that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no doubt. So, yeah. But, you know what? Last year, we actually had a little fog, and it, it kind of enhanced the display a little bit. You didn't see the detail of the fireworks, but the whole sky just lit up with color. Good sell. It was I pretty like cool. that transition. Yeah. That was yeah. nice. Hey, there's no bad beautiful. Fourth of July. It's my favorite <laughs> holiday. Is it really? Well, maybe short of Thanksgiving. Okay. I really like Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. But Fourth of July is cool. It is definitely fun. I, I enjoy it because I know the kids love it so much. They get to yeah. like, be involved and light things and blow things up. And, I mean, what like, sparklers? What and kid doesn't and, like uh, to light explosives on fire? <laughs> I know I do. Be I'm careful. still a big kid when yeah, it comes to that. No, for sure. <laughs> so, are there any uh, are there any situations where fireworks are not uh, allowed in certain areas because of the uh, the dryness that we're having, the drought? Well, I think the recreational fireworks are are regulated by each town or city. Okay. Um, but the big displays are usually, you know, there's a lot of precautions taken um, to make sure that you're not endangering not only, um, you know, grasses or whatever might be flammable, but also some of the sensitive animal populations. I know that's an issue that we deal with in Morro Bay is it being an estuary that sure. there are some, you know, the, the snowy plovers and endangered species. There's the peregrine falcon. Um, so we've you know, we have to navigate all the different um, species that are out there that need to be protected and and maintain a safe distance from all of them. Yeah, you're a busy guy this time of year. It's a lot of fun, though. Yeah, well, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Just around the corner. All right. Well, um, today we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got uh, Jason and I are just going to fill your heads with information this first hour. And then the second hour, we've got... Um, we've got a guest who's, who's going to join us. She's a local real estate agent with Century 21 Hometown Realty. Um, she makes her home base down in uh, the Century 21 Arroyo Grande office. Um, her name is Kristen Crabtree. She's a, she's a fantastic realtor. Jason and I actually had the opportunity to meet her uh, this week for the first time. And I, I was really impressed um, by her energy and, and, um, and her drive. I, I thought... I think you're really going to enjoy her when she's on. She uh, specializes in view and acreage properties. So um, I think it'll be an interesting topic for us. Um, I don't think it's something that specialty isn't something we've really focused on on this show. It's kind of fun to hear when a realtor has a special niche that they're, they sort of market towards. And uh, like you said, her office is in Pismo Beach. And she, or Pismo she, Beach, she, she, she talked about traveling all over the county. You know, showing properties and and getting listings. Um, you know, because she will, will obviously let her tell the story. But there's limited amount of uh, beachfront properties, so you got to travel a little bit to find them. And that's sort of her area of specialty. So we're excited to hear a little bit about her story and and how she conducts business. So it'll be good for sure. What do they say? They're not they're not making any more beachfront. I think that's what they say. Yeah. 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 Seems like acreage only gets divided up too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. <laughs> it's the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's going to be the second hour of the show. So, so much to talk about. I, I mean, should I just follow your lead? 
Where, where do you want to take us right now? Um, well, there's there's <laughs> a few different things that came out this uh, this week as far as economic news. Uh, Tuesday, we saw new home sales hit a six-year high for May. Um, that was a, uh, a surge of 18.6% seasonally, uh, up to 504,000 units. And that was actually the highest level since May of 2008. So, and also the, the biggest increase that we've seen since January of 1999, or I'm sorry, 1992, uh, existing home sales also had a largest increase uh, that we've seen in the last three and a half years. So that is obviously all positive news for the economy. And, uh, and, and I don't know, I mean, it's, I guess I, I always sort of try to take these, these numbers with a grain of salt because they're always, there's always some adjustments that are made. Um, before we move on to some of the other numbers, do you want to talk about the, anything with the the, the builds there? The, well, the yeah, I, I think, like you said, you have to you have to kind of put it in context of of the number and and think about it a little more than just the fact that things are up. I mean, it's great to see that sales are are higher, but think about where we came from earlier this year with a lot of weather challenges across the country that slowed sales down. Right. Um, not so much of an issue in our area where it's uh, eternal spring, but, um, sure. you know, in other parts of the country where they actually have seasons, um, people don't like to have snowshoes tromping through their house, um, during the winter time. So it's, it's a time of slow, slowing activity. And when that winter time gets to be very extreme and prolonged, um, the, the downtime for real estate gets to be prolonged as well. Mm -hmm. So that, will tend to build up demand a little bit. And so now you hit spring because these numbers are what reflecting April or May, May, correct. May. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's starting to, um, show people who have gotten out, you know, as the thaw occurred and, and starting to look for homes and, and there's probably a little more demand than in a normal year sure. when weather's a little more, um, more normal. So, you know, things are, are rebounding nicely in real estate. Um, I think another note that I took from, from those numbers were, was the median home prices. And in both instances, both with new home sales and existing home sales, um, home prices were still up, but at a more moderate pace. Um, so I, I think that's good. I think it's showing signs of stabilizing. In yeah, the I think market. I was going to say that even though the numbers aren't continuing to grow as rapidly, at least the pace that they were before, it almost seems, it seems better. It seems like more in line with what it should be. Because when we see those, those numbers and the appreciation, you know, jumping double digits regularly, then we start to, you know, we hear the bubble concern and we start to worry a little bit. And so it's nice to sort of see some stabilization in those markets. Yeah. The standard and poor's case Schiller home price index. That's probably the, the bigger, more, most well-known home price index out there. There's several of them now. Um, but that one was reported this week. It was actually reporting April data, um, that the April year over year price increase was a very modest 10.8%, the lowest we've seen in 13 months. Right. Only 10.8%. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Still great numbers. I got to sell. I got to sell now before it gets any worse. I start to feel <laughs> a little bit of the, uh, almost a little panic from the people that are pre-qualed right now. You know, they're, they're, they sort of feel like they're maybe missing an opportunity or have already missed some of the opportunity for this appreciation. So there's a lot of people that are getting a little panicky, like, hey, you know, we need to get out there and... and really start putting in offers. That's, that's what I'm seeing. And I think that sort of plays into the fact that there's, you know, some shortage in supply. That's and interesting to hear because to me, my, my initial reaction to that is 
are you buying real estate for the right reason? Right. You know, I mean, if, if your whole goal is to, um, you know, make windfall profit on buying a house, then you're definitely are late. You should have been, sure. You should have gotten in the game when it was a little riskier in 2010 or, right. or so. But yeah, now I, I think that we are going to see the home price appreciation start to level off to a more normal three to 5%. And, and so if, if, the expectation is to continue that 20% year over year appreciation. It's, it's not going to happen. I think a lot of people are, are smart enough to realize the the tax benefits of home ownership as well. And so if you're sitting in a situation where you're renting and you're making okay money and you're looking at a tax bill, that's relatively big every year. Um, I think that pressure is there to maybe get into a home. And when, you know, you wait six months and say, well, let's revisit this later and home prices are, you know, 10, 15% higher. Now all of a sudden your, your monthly mortgage payment is more than, you know, what you were initially anticipating, you know, six months previously. So I think that's some of the, at least the clients that I'm dealing with, um, are, are, are feeling right now. So there's definitely some activity and excitement though, which is good. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. I mean, when, when you can buy a home and, and it not be much different monthly payment wise from, from rent. Right. I mean, it's, it, in my opinion, is a great idea. Some people might view it as, yeah, but then I have to fix everything. Sure. Um, which, sure, that's something you have to consider. If, if that's not something you want to do, then maybe renting is for you. But there was actually an interesting article, probably one of the few articles I didn't um, bring in this week, that was surveying really the entire country. Um, it, it focused on a couple of families, but it was talking about how rents in so much of the country are equivalent now to what someone could buy a home for if they have a reasonable down payment. Um, so for, for many people, it makes a lot of sense to, to look at owning instead of renting, because that is that opportunity. While you do take on some of the burden of maintenance, it's an opportunity in the long term to build some wealth. Um, sure. I mean, that's, it's one of the, the best opportunities for most people to build wealth and, and, and um, be able to retire someday. And even though we are seeing some uh, some prices, you know, a little bit higher maybe than they were six months ago, rates are still really low. Um, if we look at a year ago, rates are lower now than they were a year ago this time. So, so we found a way, even with the tapering that uh, the Fed has announced and also, you know, and enacted over the last few months, we've seen some stabilization with interest rates, which is uh, which is definitely good to see. I know that that was the biggest fear is as soon as the Fed tapered enough that rates were going to jump up and that was really going to have a negative impact on the housing market. And we really haven't seen that. The, I wanted to um, share with you, since we're on the topic of home sales, zoom in a little bit closer to to hear locally. We have statewide numbers were also reported for May. Um, statewide in California, sales actually fell. So mm. kind of bucking the trend of, of the nation, um, sales fell 14.4% um, in May for California. And the median home price increased though. So that was more in line with what we're seeing around the country. Median home price in California increased 13.5% year over year. Zoom in a little closer to San Luis Obispo County, and we have home, sa uh, home sales also decreasing 9.3% from a year earlier. Um, and uh, again, the price continued to increase, however, 9.4%. Um, so the median home price for May in San Luis Obispo County uh, was $460,000. Wow, it's still a lot of money, right? 
Oh, it's, yeah, it's, I, I have a friend who is, um, lived in the area for a number of years and then moved up to San Francisco, um, for gosh, probably been three or four years now. And now he's looking to move back down to the coast. Um, he wants to live in Morro Bay, Los Osos area and finding a job that can support even just renting mm-hmm. and, and then the other necessities of life, food and you know, maybe want to have a little bit of entertainment in your life. Sure. Um, it's hard. And, and he's really having a hard time finding that. Um, they really have to kind of pinch their budget a little bit to be able to afford to live here, but they want to, and, and they understand that that's a sacrifice a little bit that they have to make, at least in the short term. And hopefully more opportunities will open up when they do land here and are here permanently. But it's a, it's a challenge living in the beautiful central coast to be able to afford to live here. Yeah, well, location, 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 right? <laughs> you definitely pay for it living here. But, yeah. uh, but if you can get in, um, it's it's a great spot to be. I mean, one of the best, really. So so that increase in Slow County marks the 25th straight month of year-over-year price appreciation. Wow. It's pretty incredible. I don't think we're quite recovered to the the peak price. It's now up to, I think, I don't know. We're a little below the 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 peak median price still, so there's there's a little ways to go to catch up with with all the that was like two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, I think so. This this says we're we're the highest point since since oh seven. So okay. I think oh six was kind Better of the peak that. in our county. Sure, sure. Um, hey, it's twenty two after. I think it's time good time to take a, a break here. There's a lot more news to talk about before we invite our guest on uh, for the second hour of the show. So I hope you'll stick with us. Uh, We're going to be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The annual Morro Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morro Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrobaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morro Bay 4th, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical. Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right, now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The City of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, long games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Gonzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrowbayforth.org. That's morrowbayforth.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Jim, always dialing up the patriotic music. The, whatever the the occasion, he's dialing up the right music. I love it. You're paying attention. It's awesome. Huh? <laughs> it's great. Hey, we're the only ones that can. We're the only ones that have this holiday. That's right. Nobody else in the world does. That's right. There you go. I'm glad I I I feel a success today because I've intrigued Jason, a a resident of the South County, to drive all the way to Morro Bay, possibly and uh, participate in some of the activities in Morro Bay. Well, my boy is almost eight. He'll be eight in uh, in July. So this is sort of the time where he you're our to get target out audience. There. Exactly. Yeah. And I know how hard you've worked to put all that together. <laughs> so I, it would it'd be nice to get out there and sort of uh, sort of see what you've uh, what you've done out there. But it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot a lot of activities for the kids, which is always fun. Yeah. And you, you asked me a couple questions. I guess other people might have the same questions for the bike parade. Decorate your bike. If you don't decorate your bike, you're going to feel kind of naked out there. So make sure you do that. And get there early because the dollar store will sell out of all the red, white, and blue ribbons and things. Good. Just okay. a little word to the wise. I've been there before. Yeah, um, maybe tassels on the handlebars. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
run that streamer stuff through the spokes on the bottom. Yeah, be creative. Even yeah. you can wear a costume. Trust nice. me, it will be out there. You <laughs> won't look foolish. Um, we usually, are, the crowd starts to gather at the rock around 1230. The bike race doesn't start until one, but at some point, the police has to stop traffic from getting out there. So um, get there a little bit early. Um, it it's a it's a nice little place to socialize and then at one o'clock the parade moves on down to tidelands park um, and i didn't mention that every the last last year and now again this year there's a local production company that um puts on a children's oriented um, theater production in the summertime and and last year they came out and promoted their shrek the musical production and this year they're coming out to promote beauty and the beast and so they actually have some of the characters in costume who are performing um, some of the speeches from the from the the play so it's pretty cool the, the kids really love that it's a it's during that 2:30 to 3:30 window where um, there's lawn games and other activities as well so that's great it'll be fun hope to see you there um, we because of the holiday and uh, all that that goes on we're gonna actually take a break from the show next week so we maybe we'll replay this one who knows puts a lot of pressure on us i know we have to really bring it home here it has to be good <laughs> okay um let's see so we've talked a lot about uh some of the home sales numbers um both nationwide and here more locally um i thought a nice little segue into some other news would just be to round it out with um housing starts or building permits here locally um fell actually um for the first three months of this year building permits were down mostly however it was um due to a decline in multifamily units um or permits being pulled the number of permits issued for single-family homes actually increased about 30% year-over-year. So that's a good sign that there's more um, single-family home activity on the rise here locally. I know when we met earlier this week, we we talked about this a little bit, um, that construction financing is a challenge to building right now. There's not a lot of financing available. Um, some of the big banks will offer some some good interest rates on an owner-builder type property, and there are also some spec builds. Um, it's those more speculative builds that are the ones that really boost these um, housing starts numbers and, and permits numbers, and that's where we've still kind of faced some headwinds in financing. Um, the money that's available right now is really um, not priced so competitively, it's more hard money in nature, um, you know, eight to 10% with points. So someone really has to have a good project that's got some, some good profit potential in order to afford that kind of financing. Sure. Um, so I think that kind of rounds out what's going on on the real estate side of the news this last week. Wednesday, Thursday, saw some more information uh, with some of the economic reports. The uh, the GDP came out, which is the measure of total production and consumption of goods and services in the U.S., and that number was, again, this was basically downgraded, right, to minus 2.9% for the first quarter of this year, which is actually the worst reading uh, since the first quarter of 2009, which was actually at the height of the recession. So... 
So those, again, you mentioned headwinds. That's sort of, we, we got some good information and positive news uh, with the, the builds and the new home sales and existing home sales on Tuesday, and then sort of met with some headwinds on, uh, on Wednesday with the GDP. So it, we, we talked about, mentioned a little bit about how these numbers seem to change. And this was a big one, I felt. Um, in April, the end of April, the GDP was estimated at 0.1%. Then 30 days later, on May 29th of this year, it was revised down to minus 1%. And then on June 25th this week, the uh, it was then knocked down to minus 2.9%. Which That's a big change. Big. Almost, well, 3%, which to the, is the, to the tune of about $125 billion, which they say is the annual GDP of New Zealand. <laughs> so, so, I mean, what's the takeaway there? I mean, we, we obviously want to be making decisions... Uh, and especially the the economy and investment decisions based on some of these economic reports and indicators. But again, we have to, to sort of understand that these numbers are going to be adjusted. And what once was a relatively modest gain is now, you know, a, a big swing downward. So so that was one thing that uh, that sort of had some volatility in the markets this uh, this week. And you know, fortunately for us, that that volatility creates some support in the bond market, which again tends to drive down interest rates. So, so that's that's good news for people. You know, looking at locking in an interest rate. Yeah, and it's you know there are some numbers that that have a a real mild effect on on interest rates, and and then there are some numbers that have major effects. And GDP is one of the headline grabbers. It's it's one that. Um, that really gets paid attention to because it's a reflection of of the total economic activity in our country when we're targeting two to three percent growth ideally three percent growth um year over year that was me. <laughs> 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 wow <laughs> nothing to do with the not subject, a fan of gdp I, no, no, I take no, it probably not okay no. all right <laughs> i didn't know if that Sorry. was a sign or a cue or what that was that Sorry, was... i'll go out in the hall down next oh, time man. There should be a yawn button next to that cough button. Okay. Back to more exciting news, so, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is uh, to see to see us when we're when we're targeting three percent growth to see us almost at three percent contraction. That's a big swing, mm -hmm. um, and. And I know we just talked a little bit earlier in the show that sure the the cold winter had a lot to do with that. But that's that's kind of scary to me that a weather pattern change can have such an impact on the economy that not only does does growth fall below expectations, it falls negative and not just a little bit, a lot negative. Yeah, that's the narrative that the media was pushing for sure. I mean, it's it's always hard to know exactly how much effect that had. Um, again, that that's what the media really was was selling and pushing. Uh, obviously having, you know, winter conditions during the winter shouldn't be too big of a surprise, but I mean, we did see some, some pretty big storms that had, did have a negative effect. Was it the effect that, uh, you know, that they were, they were selling or the narrative that they were, they were telling us through the media? Um, it's hard to know for sure, but I mean, these, these readings definitely are not good for the economy. It's not a good sign. Yeah. There's a, there's been a lot of talk that second quarter is going to have a significant rebound, um, you know, up in the five to six percent growth range, which which would make up for the whatever didn't occur in the first quarter. But now some of the some of the more recent data, which I think was mostly consumer spending related, which was one of the biggest factors in in the first quarter looking so dismal, um, 
April consumer spending rose only 0.2%, and that has economists worried that the second quarter isn't going to be as robust as they had predicted earlier. Yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> I mean, we just got to wait to see how it all sort of plays out. I yeah, think. it's something that you have to watch going forward. It, it definitely has me thinking, and I think a lot of people that, you know, or it reinforces that this isn't going to be, uh, you know, our economy isn't going to rebound and just become, you know, get back on track to where we were pre-recession, that it's going to be slow. And here out of the gate, it's it's really slow. And, and something like weather had a big impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still have some ways to go before we're really fully um, gathered momentum and our, and, and something like a cold winter won't derail us too much. Yeah, the numbers came out on Thursday for the, the core PCE, which is the, con- the personal consumption expenditures. And that's the Fed's favorite gauge of inflation. And that year over year rose by one and a half percent. So we are seeing some inflation, but it's still it's still below the, the Fed's targeted two percent. So so that low inflation, again, is, is good environment for uh, for long term mortgage interest rates. So that's that's good to see. So, you know, while that while the the growth the the economic growth isn't great consumers don't seem to be phased We're, we like to spend yeah we do we like to spend i mean spending was only up 0.2% but there were a couple of different confidence indices that came out and both of them were up mm-hmm. both of them were near some recent highs um at or near recent highs so the consumer out there is still feeling good um perhaps it's because their home is worth more and and they feel like they they have more of that personal wealth, um, whether or not it's it's actually in their bank account or not. You know, they, they feel better about things. There is hiring going on. That was something cited as a factor in in the consumer sentiment index indices. There, there's one from the conference board. Uh, the conference board's confidence index was up um, to the highest since 2008, and there was the University of Michigan consumer sentiment was up. Um, you know, just below the recent high of April. So those those numbers are showing that the consumers out there, they're feeling good. They're probably ready to spend. Um, and and maybe maybe that first quarter was just something we can put in the rearview mirror. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. I feel like a lot of people after the holidays this year really tightened up their belts. And so as uh, as we move like sort of into summer like you said there's more traveling going on there's more you know kids are out of school so there's some more spending happening there and we expect that over the summer so um so yeah there there seems to be a positive feeling in the economy right now and and like you said with consumer spending i feel that that's probably the case as well what have you seen that you know with your kid being a little bit older and and in school do are the other families going on vacations at a little little higher rate than maybe in, in recent couple of years you know i don't know i don't have anything to judge that by to be perfectly honest with you i don't like those parents yeah I, we, we live in such a beautiful place that uh you know we, we we try to stick around here when we can we i mean it feels like when summer rolls around and we start putting together our plans uh, we like to make a couple trips but it's just so nice to be here and be local but i i do feel like just even seeing some of the local events, the car shows come into town, and I mean, it, it, they're they're drawing some pretty big crowds, mm-hmm. pretty big crowds. So I feel like that uh, 
that some of the, the hotel, like the local hotel prices have some decent rates as well. And that's probably something to do with the, the supply and demand that we've seen over the last year or so. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's pretty affordable to, to travel. And I think we're seeing that here. Are you seeing that out in Morro Bay with, uh, with everything that you've been doing for the 4th of July? Yeah, I can actually probably speak to that pretty, pretty well. When being involved in the 4th of July, I, I, keep a close eye on the occupancy rates out there and i've i've done so now for five years um in fact i for a brief period of time i sat on a advisory board to the city council that was involved in in promoting the city of morro bay so that was something that we looked at on a monthly basis over the last five years there's been steady increases in occupancy rates in hotels in morro bay specifically but i we've also seen some county data and it, it seems to be the trend in most every city for the last five years, two to four percent increases year over year in occupancy, so that's good. And and revenues have have followed suit, um, both with the transient occupancy taxes and and the sales tax revenues. So everything has for the last five years has been very steady. I don't know that you know one year has seen a substantially larger gain than other years in the last five. I think it's been slow and steady. And I think you know that. That's the what we're going to see going forward, slow and steady, nothing dramatic. Yeah, I guess everyone keeps having babies, right? So the population <laughs> keeps growing. So that's, I mean, hopefully, I mean, you would expect that those numbers would steadily grow. Speaking of which, you're you've got a you've got another baby on the way as well, right? Got one due in September, and we're cleaning out the closet of the other little guy because you know what? Not only do people keep having babies, but those babies keep growing. Oh, uh, it never. If they just stay the same, we wouldn't have to buy new stuff. But now we have to buy new stuff, so we're cleaning out the clothes and. You know, he's got like one pair of pants that fit him anymore. I read something that I wanted to tell you about because uh, <laughs> I thought you'd be interested in it as you have a young child and another one on the way. A child born in 2012, uh, dollar cost up to year 17 is almost $400,000, and that doesn't count college. Whew. So you better get to work, my friend. You better wow. get to work. And you only have two of them, so it's just $800,000. <laughs> wow. I didn't mean to depress you. I, I saw this pale got, look come I across I got your a face. Off, but you're telling me to go to work, huh? Okay. All right. I well, thought you'd enjoy hey, that. Well, I thought you'd enjoy that. We've got some paying sponsors of the show. We better give them their time. Maybe they'll want to spend more on the show. Um, it is a good time for a commercial break. It's 1042. Uh, we do have some fantastic sponsors who help make the show possible. So uh, let's give them their time and we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. The city of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, long games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Benzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrobayforth.org. That's morrobayforth.org. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. The annual Morro Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morro Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrobaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morro Bay 4th, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Enjoying the conversation so far with my partner in crime, Jason Van Dyke. He's a seasoned loan officer veteran over at Central Coast Lending. I like having you on the show. It's a nice change of pace. Uh, I appreciate that. You have to work a little harder when I'm here. I I don't call it work. It's it's pure pleasure. Pure <laughs> the other, pleasure. The other I, Jason, Jason Grody, <laughs> has, a, has a way of, uh, of carrying the conversation many times. I do have to stretch the vocal cords a little more. Yeah. I do more exercises before I get on. You do a great job. My do re so. and all that. Yeah. You don't even need me here. <laughs> Trust me, it's pretty terrifying to try to do this yourself. Well, I'm here for you. <laughs> I've done it for I feel like a hug coming on. Like, <laughs> do you need to slide over here and... <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, we had a caller um, call in during the commercial break, and they didn't want to ask their question on the air, but they um, right. were interested in real estate around the Black Lake Black Lake Golf Course area, is that correct? Exactly, premium some knowledge. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, since our guest in the next hour, Kristen Crabtree, is a South County resident and a realtor who is familiar with that area and those um, those properties, those, I think she's going to be the perfect person to answer that question. So hopefully you can hang on and um, stick around for the next hour. We'll address it earlier in the hour so that you can... Um, get the feedback that you're looking for. So we'll talk about what kind of premiums there that you do pay to live on a golf course. I know that's something that a lot of people enjoy. Um, they're avid golfers. Or they just like, you know, having a big, big lawn that they don't have to maintain. That's kind of nice too. Um, so we'll we'll talk about living on a golf course and what that might cost you. Um, we have just a couple more things to to talk about before we invite Kristen on. I was glancing over at your side of the table, um, and I saw it looked like you were either grading papers or um, <laughs> something. I saw a lot of red ink on a chart, and I'm curious what's going on there. Yeah, it's just a uh, I, I printed a year bond chart. So these are the uh, these are the charts that w one of the indicators that really drive interest rates. So we. Sorry, excuse me. I apologize. We have a really tired person in the booth with us today. I don't know. We opened up the door because he's falling asleep. I don't know if it's the information we're giving or if he was just up late. Were you up late last night? What happened? What happened? Late, late night. Yeah. I was just stretching over here this time. What'd you do? Uh, just one of those nights. Hmm. One of well, those well, nights. All right. We'll to... talk more off the air. Off the air. We'll get filled in. Okay. All right. So All right. anyway, we were, I I'd printed a bond chart and basically it just visually highlights the fact that interest rates really even over the last 6 months have improved. And again, that's that's just giving support to the the real estate market and really continuing to make homes affordable. Um so you know what we should probably do is have Ryland maybe Put this up on the website so people can actually get a visual of sort of what we can uh, what we can expect maybe in the future, but then also see sort of what has happened over the last six months with the, the reduction in interest rates. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a good idea. It is a good visual to see how interest rates do move, um, both in the short term and the long term. A lot of people, when they're involved in a transaction, when they're active in that thirty day escrow process, they get very concerned about the day-to-day -day movements and fluctuations in rate because obviously they, they want the lowest rate at the lowest price they can get. Um, when you look at it over time, you see the, the graph's a lot smoother than the day-to-day -day stuff might make you think. Yeah, there's a lot of volatility day to day. I think that's that's I mean, that's the time to be concerned about what's happening with the day to day movements of the rates is when you're in escrow or just getting ready to buy a home. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of keeping track of that for our clients. And I know a lot of banks, you know, they're just so busy and everyone that comes in to sit down and fill out a loan application is just an application number to them. And so if you happen to come in on a Tuesday and that Tuesday had some maybe positive economic news come out, which you know would have a negative impact on interest rates. We see a lot of people just locking in an interest rate because that's the day their butt hits the chair at the bank. And mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the best day to lock. So 
we do try to take a more holistic view of rates, see sort of what has been happening, what we expect the uh, economic indicators and reports to to tell us over those short, you know, week period windows that we're looking at. And if we expect, you know, rates to increase, then yeah, we talk about locking in immediately so we can preserve the the plans and monthly payments that we're, we're reviewing. But the flip side is also true. If we expect that uh, the upside or possibly a, a slight reduction in interest rates or a slight reduction in closing costs because of those, uh, those intraday movements, then I think we do a good job of advising our clients, hey, you know what, this, I think we're safe to float here and let's go ahead and lock maybe on Tuesday or Thursday based on these economic reports. And I think we do a good job of that. So this chart sort of just gives, a, a, again, a visual of you see the volatility within the chart, but then you can also see the, the six month run that uh, we've seen some reduction in interest rates. I know I, I like to focus on the, the trading range of the 10 year treasury yield. Mm -hmm. And more so than the the data that comes out every week, um, because sometimes, you know, there's all this anticipation of what the data is going to show, and then it it either disappoints or exceeds expectations, and and there's these reactions, and sometimes the reactions are the exact opposite of what you anticipate, um, and, and so I try to focus more on the range. Um, it seems that there's always kind of a low point if something gets below a certain range. This, and this applies whether it's stocks or bonds or, you know, pretty much anything. There's usually a floor at which if it drops below, it's that's called a support level. Mm -hmm. And if it drops below that, then we're moving into a different range. But, you know, I, I try to focus on that range and see where are we today in that range? Are we more to the lower end or the higher end? And if we're at the lower end, it's a good day to lock. Yeah, it may get a little bit better tomorrow, but we're at the lower end of that range. It's it's a pretty darn good time. Um, it's it's probably not going to get significantly better. And and on the flip side, if something's at the higher end, I say, you know, it's probably not going to get much worse. Let's kind of see what things are doing over the next couple of days. Yeah, we can look at some moving averages. Uh, a lot of times these charts and graphs will show a 25-day moving average. And, and oftentimes that trading, we'll see it actually bounce off the floor of those moving averages. So when we see that, we, see, we feel like there's some stabilization there. So that gives us that floor of support. But it's, uh, yeah, it's good to have an understanding of that. And it's obviously difficult to know exactly where rates are going to go. Like you said, looking at the numbers and, and basing everything just off of the reports that come out is often difficult because as we talked about with the, uh, the GDP figures, I mean, they're, they're constantly being updated and reevaluated. And oftentimes the initial numbers are, are way off from what they actually are. So we do have to take them with a grain of salt for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, Part, partly why we do this show is to share with you our thought process and what and what we think about and what we pay attention to to advise our clients to make a good decision. It's it's usually most likely one of the biggest, if not the biggest, financial decision anyone makes is buying a home. Um, and so we pay attention to these things. We pay attention to consumer confidence and GDP and and you know bond rates and things like that to some people it may be a total yawn um to others <laughs> however it, it's extremely exciting and edge of the seat kind of thriller i think the biggest thing is it's, it's similar to when you go into see the subject yawn. <laughs> just a late night last night right it's similar to going to a doctor right i mean you, you go to a doctor and you sort of want to know exactly 
you want your diagnosis, but you don't need to know all of the details, right? I mean, he's going to do, if he goes into surgery, I don't know, need to know everything that you're doing during the surgery. As long as I come out in better shape than when I go in, that's, that, that's what I'm looking for. And but so, I like to know that you know all the details. Well, for sure. <laughs> and, that, and I think that's the key here, right? It, it, when we sit down and we talk to our clients and we educate them sort of on the things that we're watching and looking at, they, you can instantly get an understanding of, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about and he's got my best interest at heart, right? Because he's explained that to me and this is why he watches this so closely so we can capitalize on maybe an opportunity or protect us from, you know, some, maybe some rise in interest rate. And so when, when they have that understanding, they sort of put that ball in, in our court and say, okay, you know what? I, I trust everything that you're looking at. And if you feel like on Tuesday afternoon, it's the right time to lock, then just go ahead and lock it for me. And I think when you have that trust and confidence with your clients, it just allows us to do a better job for our clients uh, altogether. Instead of having to make that phone call Tuesday afternoon and say, Hey, this is what's happened. What do you think we should do now? If you already have the green light, um, you can capitalize on those opportunities much, much easier. Are we getting close to the hour? We are three minutes out. All right. So I give you three fingers right now. Um, I wanted to share with you just a fun little story. I love these things that happen. They happen almost every week. Um, someone calls into the show and, you know, they start asking their their question whether it's an actual scenario or just some little piece of a, a real estate financing question um and then they say is this dan podesto and i say yeah oh my god i listen to your show all the time <laughs> <laughs> you're a rock star <laughs> it's really cool to have that happen and um it's that happened this week it actually happened yesterday um as i was helping someone try to figure out if they could um you know, qualify to buy out their sibling in a, in an inherited property situation. And, um, it was pretty complicated. So it's not something that I was able to just do over the phone, got a ballpark idea, but this one requires some tax returns to go through that. But it's fun to have people who listen and really follow it. She said that she's followed it. You know, she, a courier, she's a courier. And so she's in the car a lot and she listens to our show on Saturdays and really, um, you know, got a lot from the show and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's what keeps us going here now going on six or seven years. Um, it's fun to provide something that I think is a, a resource to people. And, um, you know, the information that you're sharing today is it's a little bit, um, it, it's good. I, I really enjoy your perspective on things and I, your background's a little bit different than mine. You've, you've actually been on the retail uh, side, Jason, a little bit longer than I even have um, right. more than 10 years, right? Yeah, and I have a finance degree, which I think helps me analyze these numbers. And I think once you start digging into these numbers and, and really looking at the economic indicators, the, the markets are very emotional, like we talked about before. So when we, it, it, I don't know how much stock we should put in them as far as long-term projections for the economy, because they are always adjusted. But the, the fact is, if the investor is emotional and we see those swings happen when these economic reports come out, we can capitalize on that, that those swings and those emotions. So, so yeah, so it's, it's nice to be able to, to have that experience to be able to do that for our clients. Okay, folks, we're getting up on the 11 o'clock hour here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined 
by a local real estate expert. We've got Kristen Crabtree, who's going to join us from Century 21 Hometown Realty. Her home office, I misspoke, it's actually Pismo Beach um, is the home office. And so we're going to have her come on. She's got a lot of really interesting thoughts that she's going to share with us, answer a few of your questions. We hope you'll call in 543-8830, 543-8830. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. All right, we're back. It's Mortgage Matters. No music this time. You know, sometimes we just keep it simple. We don't. We don't always need music. Am I on? Yeah, we're on. Okay. I don't hear anything, but that's okay. All right, we're gonna keep going. I can't really hear myself, um, but that's all right. We can do this. Technical difficulties just prove that this is live radio. Um, so we've got a uh, so, realtor guest, right? Kristen Crabtree in the uh, studios with us this after this morning, I guess. There we there are. We hey. Go. All right. We're back. Okay. Perfect. I'm not convinced that anyone else could hear us for the last minute or two. No, they could. It's just there's a, a fluke in the machine. Okay. So I had to adjust something really quick. So. All right. There it is. This is live radio. So here we are. We're back. Now we can <laughs> hear ourselves. So now we know we're on the air. That's that's always helpful. Um, okay, so yeah, Kristen Crabtree, Century Twenty One Hometown Realty. Um, thanks for joining us on a Saturday. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Do you do you typically work on a Saturday? I work every day. Do you? I do. I kind of got that sense from you when we met the other day. Um, I, I shared this with you the other day, but I I read the paper every every morning. It's my morning ritual. I wake up, I have breakfast, I read the paper. Um, I saw this ad one day in the paper that this very creative realtor was advertising on behalf of her buyers. She wasn't listing a home. She was advertising, hey, I've got buyers. Do you have a house that fits them? And it was you. So I, it was just such a creative ad. I thought we need to get her on the radio. And here you are today. Here I am. And I call that the yikes campaign yeah. because it's very... Um, scary when you can't find a home for your buyers it's a little bit um frustrating you have a great strong buyer who's pre-qualified maybe cash they're looking for something specific it's usually the specialty properties that are so hard and i used that campaign to find properties for people that wanted something very specific so view properties oceanfront properties acreage properties properties with uh, multiple homes those were the things that I was really struggling with. And I do specialize in ocean view, oceanfront, and acreage properties. And so I had and have a lot of buyers that fit those types of criteria, and I just couldn't find the inventory for them. So is that an effective ad? I haven't it, seen it the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I've found homes for all those people. that I, They legitimately were people, you know. They were real people, not just, you know, names in an ad. Um, and I have found homes for them, uh, sometimes off-market homes and sometimes on-market homes. That's a, uh, it was just such a unique ad. I, I think so many, I, I just, you know, you always see the, uh, here's this house for this price with these amenities. And we know there's buyers out there, but it's, it's really interesting when, I think it really represents the kind of market that we're in that you have to go so far as to advertise on behalf of the buyers. I mean, it, it just shows us how the inventory is so picked over right now or, or so limited that 
that there isn't the right house for everyone right now. Mm -hmm. It is a very strange market. We do have increasing levels of inventory going on right now. Um, there's more new properties coming on the market than there were for a number of months. However, the majority of those properties are more um, track homes, sort of family, typical family residences, that type of thing. In terms of the specialty properties that I keep referring to, there's still very, very, very little on the market. So again, for your acreage properties, multiple homes, ocean view, the selection is very picked over. And when you get something good on the market that fits that criteria, it's a hot item and it goes quickly. Well, it's nice to know that you're working so hard for your buyers who need unique attention and unique properties to fit their needs. Um, I feel like we maybe fast forwarded a little a little quickly there. Let's um, share with our listeners a little bit about your background and and when you even got into real estate, um, how you got into real estate. Okay. And because I, I, I found that to be pretty interesting, too, and kind of. Well, I'll, I'll let you go. In the okay. Um, well, first I'll start with when I got into real estate. I got into real estate in mid-2006, right as the market started to plummet. So it was a, a fun time. I got to cut my teeth and, and learn how to really do the business, which um, I'm now very thankful for. I think a lot of agents who start when the market's booming um, don't learn the, the skills necessary to really be successful. So that really helped me. Um, I had an up-and-down, rocky career at first, which a lot of agents do. Had a great first year. It got me a little bit cocky and complacent, so I had to, to get humbled. And um, next couple years were a little rough, and now it's been a wonderful experience in helping so many people get homes. So that's been really great. And prior to your real estate career? And prior to my real estate <laughs> career. If you could see me, you would know that this is kind of ironic. But I was a personal trainer um, and subsequently stopped personal training and lost one, gained a whole bunch of weight. But um, um, when I was in personal training, I was still a business owner. I've always either been a business owner or been in a position where I viewed myself as a business owner. I didn't just work in a gym. I had my own studio. I had other trainers that worked with me. I had programs that I did as opposed to just, uh, you know, teaching people to pick up weights. And it was a very exciting time. Um, I was doing a lot of boot camp type things where I worked out with my clients and it got me really burned out on the exercise. I ran six marathons in 18 months, which fried my body. But it just, I mean, that just shows the intensity with which I, I approach life. And I think that's why I'm successful in real estate is because I use that same type of intensity with working with my clients. That was exactly the takeaway. Jason and I met with you on Thursday. Um, <clears throat> and afterwards, that was the takeaway we both had is, wow, when you do something, you really dive in um, and you commit to it. You you give it all. And I can only imagine. And I've, I mean, through your creative advertising and now knowing you a little bit better, I get that sense of that's how you treat your real estate career and clients as well. I do. And thank you for recognizing <clears throat> that. It, it's exciting for me to be able to have that intensity with people that I want to help. So there was a call earlier, and I did want to get to it a little earlier here just so we can address them. I don't know how long they, they're spending listening to the show. Um, talk a little bit about real estate um, around golf course communities. They were specifically asking about the Black Lake Golf Course, mm -hmm. but I, I'm kind of curious to maybe even expand on that. Living on a golf course, do you pay a premium to do, to do so? It depends on the golf course, and, and that is another specialty property, so it's another fun one to work with people on. Um, 
At Black Lake, the premium is fairly low, uh, premium meaning HOA due. I, I'm assuming that's basically what they're referring to. I took it to mean, you know, put, oh, that, value of home? put that house in a different location away from a golf course. How oh, much more gotcha. are you paying? Well, golf course properties are much like view properties and acreage properties. You definitely do pay a premium because there are uh, there's this very specific market that wants that type of property. And if somebody wants it, they'll pay more. And they'll often pay more in all those cases than an appraiser would actually uh, value the property at. So with a golf course property, it does depend on what kind of view it has and how good the view is. Some golf course properties open up to an expansive course view. Others have homes blocking part of the view. And others aren't on the golf course at all but are within the golf course community. The ones in the golf course community, I would say, might have a slight premium just for access to the golf course, but it's the ones with the big, expansive golf, golf course view that you really do pay a premium. And if I had to guess at a number, I would probably say approximately 10% um, in addition to the value of the home. So if we're talking about an $800,000 home, if it's put on the golf course with a great view, you're probably looking at almost a $900,000 home. So you get to pay more to have people hit golf balls at your windows. Exactly, exactly. So that's nice. You and there, there is a difference, too. Sorry, Jason. There is a difference, too, with um, that, because if you're near the tee box, you're not going to get the balls that you're going to get if you're near the green. And so people will pay more to have a safer spot on a golf hmm. course than if they're at great risk for getting the golf balls in their windows. Yeah, I was just going to say you bring up an interesting point about the appraised value of those properties because a lot of times, like you said, the, the value it, it is always going to be higher for those premium properties. But a lot of times the sales comparable approach will require the appraiser to pull comparable sales that are not on the golf course. And so that really will drive down the value of that appraised value. So a lot of times in those scenarios, that premium will be paid in cash by the buyer out of their own pocket. Um, meaning, let's say the purchase price is 800000 and the appraised value comes in at 700000 then that buyer will need to come in with an additional $100,000 to cover the difference between that appraised value and the premium that they've agreed to, to purchase that property for. So it's an, it's an interesting dynamic mm -hmm. that uh, is definitely important to understand going into those types of homes for sure. That absolutely is true. What what I do for my clients, both my buyers and my sellers, in a situation like that is I prepare my own comps and conveniently leave them at the house or if the appraiser is open to having me present because there are different types of views, like I've sort of mentioned about the golf course, the different types with ocean view property, for example. People will pay more for an ocean view property that doesn't have wires in the view, one that can't be obstructed by a future build, ones that have the panoramic view versus the horizon view. So there's all different types of views, and depending on the type that's in question, the comps may or may not speak to that same property. And it is sometimes challenging if you're dealing with a really exceptional view to find that perfect comp. Having a, a conversation with your clients about that as well as um, getting some sort of access to the appraiser's perception is really helpful. And that's why it's good to have an, a local appraiser as well, because sure. local appraisers do have a little bit better understanding of the uniqueness of the different types of views. 
Well, that's great. That's great information. We can really tell that you understand that and being able to, instead of just, I, I think a lot of us, Dan and I were sort of talking about this, that you just, just say view and mm. people just don't really understand how a view can be broken down and categorized and, and really look at those comparable sales with similar views instead of just saying they have a view because mm -hmm. ocean view can mean a lot of different things. So and even with that type of view, there's differences. So there's like a sit down view where you can be sitting in your living room or your dining room and actually see the view right. versus just walking from room to room versus just being out on the deck or out on the front stoop. <laughs> right. Like my ocean view where I have to okay. stand in the corner, corner of my <laughs> and stand at the very tippy toes and look over the trees and I see a little slice of water like, yeah, exactly. ocean view, baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what you put me out, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> So again, people will pay a premium and, and speaking to what you were saying, Jason, about having to come up with extra money, I've, I've, in working with clients who value view, they are often willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars more to get the kind of view they want. Mm -hmm. And therefore a property that's, um, I, I live in Pismo Heights and I work just below Pismo Heights. So that's really my area of extreme expertise and the lower streets have wires above ground. The upper street of Longview has wires underground. And a house that is that has an ocean view down on the lower streets might be 650. Mm -hmm. A house up high without the wires and with a more expansive view could be 859, a million. And there, there's a market for that. There's people that will pay. Well, I live up at the top, so there's people that will pay <laughs> sure. for that type of view. And um, being a view consumer helps me be sure. a view realtor. I think it's important because it, it also helps you manage their expectations. Because if, if you've got a buyer and there's a less experienced agent showing them one of these properties and it doesn't come in at value, they may not have any other options. They may not know that that's going to be a potential roadblock or hurdle that they have to cross down the road during this transaction. But you being experienced to understand all of that and, and really counsel your clients and say, hey, this is the, you know, this is what we've agreed to as the the sale price but we have to understand what other factors are involved and knowing that going into the transaction uh, is so critical because when you do come up against that at least your buyers are aware of that potential situation and then are ready to to act accordingly that's so important in our business as well as we always like to when we analyze a loan file, we always like to look at what's going to be the biggest hurdle and let's attack that hurdle early on so we don't have surprises down the road. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the way you handle your clients in business is, is very similar to that. So that, that's great. That's great information. Yeah, it is very similar. Do you find that, that you run into appraisal problems with those view properties very often? I wouldn't say I run into them any more than a typical property, but it is because of the way I approach it. So I do, um, again, try to facilitate a review of comps that would support the price a little bit better. And again, people's expectations. Um, there certainly are appraisal problems and it fluctuates depending on the market. Um, you know, I, you obviously know being in, in lending, but um, I don't have an overwhelming problem with that. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I know, you know, probably... I, I don't know. Some people have seen or paid attention to an appraisal report before when they've transacted real estate, but there's a grid and the grid has your property lined up with 
with um, other comparable properties. And one of the line item adjustments that's possible is view. Um, and I've seen view adjustments upwards of $50,000. That, that's not very often. That's when the view is really spectacular. Um, but it can be even more. I mean, it sounds like you've dealt with properties where it can add maybe six figures to the value of, of a piece of property. Mm -hmm. The appraisal won't always do that, but if I can find a similar view in a property, then the reference point for that, the baseline is, is higher, and so that's helpful. So comparing a, a view that has wires, for example, isn't a good comparison for one without wires. And so it's, it's not just... I don't think the appraiser can give much more than 50000 for a spectacular view, but I can find a baseline for them that is higher that represents the property better. And another specialty property that you see these questions with, both in terms of the, the unique aspects of the property as well as the appraisal issues, is um, acreage property. Because some people want, and, and it's really critical as an agent to find out exactly why they want the acreage property. Is it because they want privacy? Is it because they have animals, horses, other critters? Is it because they want to be able to build a second home? You know, what exactly are the reasons? And for that acreage property, how far out of town are they willing to be? Because that will also affect the price. If somebody wants to be close to town and have horses, that's going to be more expensive than somebody who's willing to be a ways out. Um, and also, of course, every community in the area that has acreage properties has a different sort of baseline for their for their prices as well. And what I find when when looking at the appraisal is those more unique properties, whether it be view or acreage, are usually afforded a little more latitude for the comparables. In a in a typical tract home or or something in more of a neighborhood type setting, usually we're looking for or the appraiser is tasked with finding comparable properties that have sold within the last ninety days within a mile of the subject property. Sometimes you can go out as much as six months and maybe a little more than a mile. With these more unique properties, um, they can go out further. Sometimes even into neighboring communities if they're nearby. Um, you know, they can go, they can expand the date ranges. The appraiser needs to justify why they've done that, um, that it, you know, they have to justify that it is a unique property and that these don't transact as frequently. So they need to go out five or more miles um, and, and go expand the date range a little more and then make adjustments for those time and, and distance um, differences as well. So there are ways to navigate through those more unique properties. And I think I, I tend to agree with you that I don't see any more appraisal challenges on that type of property than really any other property, mm -hmm. unless it's just a cookie cutter tract home where there's right. hundreds of them. The that same are model identical. and the same plan. Yeah. yeah. With, with my home valuation, when I meet with a seller, um, I have to take the, the same strategy that an appraisal appraiser would take. And, and again, like you were saying, if that means I have to go out further in time or further in distance, then I do that. Um, by the way, just to plug something, I do have a home valuation site that you're welcome to go to to um, get information about the, the value of your home. It's www.homevaluation.com. So that's not evaluation, it's just valuation. But that is a real life person, otherwise known as Kristen Crabtree, computing <laughs> the valuation for you. So it's not an instantaneous thing like Zillow's estimate, which is... Um, um, much less accurate. 
H-O-M valuation? Oh, sorry about that. It's slow home valuation. Oh, Good okay. thing he was trying to find it. S-L-O home valuation.com. Okay. Yeah, that's there it. We Yay. Go. That looks more like it. That looks more like it. So, um, again, that's S-L-O home valuation.com. And that is me actually doing the computation of the value of your home. So I collect a little bit of information from you directly, and then I do research online about your home, do a drive-by, sometimes set up an appointment to see your home. There is no obligation, no expectation, and no pressure. Um, I really do do it as a service to my community. That's cool. So this isn't Zillow or Trulia giving you nope. a Zestimate? Nope. And Zestimates are fairly – that's actually something to have a quick conversation about because everybody gets very um, – tied into the Zestimate. And I don't want to bag on Zillow. I do advertise with them. They're great for certain things. Their Zestimates are not something that I'm real fond of because they do give people false expectations, either very high or very low for the value of their home. Uh, Zillow doesn't know if you've done a remodel. Zillow can't go out further distance or further in time to provide you with that. Zillow doesn't know whether you have an expansive view or a horizon view. They, they can't figure that stuff out because it's an automated system. So that is the inaccuracy of Zillow. There's actually a spot at the bottom of Zillow that says Zillow Zestimate Accuracy. And if you go down to the bottom of the page, click on that, you can actually put in San Luis Obispo County and find out how inaccurate Zestimates are. Hmm. And it just shows that you really do need a realtor to yeah. help you out. We've, we've talked about that before on this show. It's Zillow works fantastic in a tract home neighborhood yeah. i mean yeah. because there's there's model matches and yep. there's sales that occur it's it's pretty accurate there our um our area especially the properties that you're um focusing on um it's i, I don't know if i can say the word it, it's not accurate it's yeah. less accurate yeah um so <laughs> no red dump button today. i don't have to hit that button today uh. <laughs> Hey, I think this is a good time to take a quick break. Um, and I'm really enjoying the conversation with Kristen Crabtree. I hope you are too. If you have any questions for her, she's an expert in uh, view and acreage properties, and she knows a lot about just general real estate too. So I bet you can ask her any type of real estate related question that you might have. Um, just give us a call here live in the studio, 543-8830, 543-8830. We would love to hear from you. We will be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The annual Morro Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morro Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrobaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morro Bay 4th, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me just by switching to state farm a few hundred unexpected bucks i couldn't ask for more but now i've got to figure out what i should use it for a new bike would be radical but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm get to a better state state farm switch to state farm and you could save to find out more in san luis obispo call agent susan rodriguez for those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The City of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, long games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Benzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrowbayforth.org. That's morrowbayforth.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Here we go now. <laughs> I love the one now. Wait a minute. If I was in my car, oh man. <laughs> you gotta love Ray. You gotta love Ray. All right, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We are enjoying a great conversation with Kristen Crabtree. She's a realtor at Century 21 Hometown Realty. And been talking a lot about view and acreage properties because that's her specialty. And, um,. I really find it interesting because it's not something that we've talked too much about in detail on the show. And, and 
both in our meeting on Thursday and today, just getting a, a sense of you understand these things to a much higher level than than most people. And I being one of those most people, I, I, I like real estate. I, I drive around on weekends and I'll pull flyers. I, I really think it's it's neat to see some, some of the things that are available. But you have taken view to a new level. Um, and I, I think that's great that you got all the little details down with view properties and, and that's pretty cool. Um, one, th another type of property that you, um, specialize in or, or work with is, is land mm -hmm. land. And that's something that I don't think has been transacting a lot, but maybe with a little more frequency here lately. Yeah. When I got into the business, it was one of the things that I said I did and I, I, uh, certainly tried, but land wasn't really selling then from 2000, six when I got in until 2011 or thereabouts 12 land just wasn't moving it was impossible however over the last year I've sold five different parcels either acreage or lots and communities and some were some were upwards of almost six hundred thousand dollars so one of the things that I've noticed in that experience is that we do have builders out there now and you guys were talking about building permits and how They've gone down, but mostly due to multifamily properties going down, and, and everything I've sold has been residential, single family. So that absolutely does show in my experience as well that the single family is going up, which I think you guys mentioned 30% or something like that. Um, and you can, it's having an impact on prices, or it has the potential to. If you look at not just individual builders, you know, private, private people building spec homes or building homes for themselves, you also have a lot of communities that are now building again. You've got Sarah Meadows and Slow off of Prada. You've got Trilogy down in Napomo, Rice Ranch and Orcutt, Vista Del Mar and Pismo, the homes on Costa Brava. And all of those communities have started, or neighborhoods have started building again, which means more inventory and that along with more inventory because we are seeing increased inventory again not in the niche properties but in general so with more building more inventory in general uncertainty about interest rates that tends to depress prices so before they get too depressed call me <laughs> let's get your house on the market yeah. um but they do seriously there there is a potential for that to happen and so it's good to be aware of the way that can affect your your value do you really believe that home values might go down start depreciating again i don't think they'll tank um, what i've been seeing over the last few months is a very erratic price value and activity in the market um for a two-week period, you're yawning again. I know. <laughs> late night. He had a late night. A two-week period will be very busy, and then the next two weeks, it'll be sleepy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it does It does um, seem to be going up and down a lot more erratically than it was for, for a while. And so that tells me that there's some unknowns and some unpredictability about it. And I don't think we're going to have a crash. I sure hope not. But I do think that that beautiful climb that we were having for a little while is not going to be a stable climb. I feel like values are going to slowly level off and get down to anywhere from zero to 5% appreciation. That's kind of my feeling. We've spent 
eight or so years not building and like Jason said earlier, people keep having babies, families keep forming, households keep forming, and um, need has not changed, but inventories and specifically the new home construction inventories have not kept up with the population growth. So I, I feel like that's going to continue to be a, a stabilizing factor in real estate values. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I know that a lot of people, it, it's kind of split on whether or not things might go down if it does it seems like it's going to be that market kind of figuring out where mm -hmm. normal is again because we've had these extremes it doesn't feel like we've had a normal market for maybe 10 years or more um we've had you know rapid appreciation a, a free fall a bounce up from the bottom and now we're kind of figuring out where we're going from here mm -hmm. um so there may be a little more volatility but that's just my two cents the what I wanted to ask you about was, or, or get your thoughts on, was um, some of these home price indices that we see, where we've seen in an index suggesting that home prices, median home prices have gone up 20% year over year, and now what the more recent ones have said around 10% um, year over year home price appreciation. I'm of the opinion that that is more representative of the price point that is selling rather than what each individual house is is doing as far as price appreciation. I don't think when I see a median home price that's up 10%, I don't think that means every home has gone up by 10% in value. I think that means that the the price point that's selling has skewed higher. That's absolutely what I believe as well and I see it in a, in a real practical level every day in my business for a huge part of my uh, real estate career, the homes that were selling were either the the low end homes um, or lower priced homes, say four hundred thousand or less in this area, or the million dollar plus homes where people just had so much discretionary income that they wanted to take advantage of the lower prices. The midpoint homes, the call it five hundred to seven hundred or five hundred to eight hundred thousand. They, you couldn't give them away. I mean, it was so hard if you had a listing like that to get it sold. And now that's a very hot market. We have a lot of a lot of homes in that 450 to 850 price range that are actually moving and moving quickly, sometimes in a matter of days, and and certainly within I would say a month and a half, you see most of them clear off the clear off the books. And um, it just, I think it speaks to the type of consumer we have out there now. A lot of the first-time home buyers got in, and now they're either looking to to move up, or um, we also have people who are ready to downsize, and and they know that the value of their home is good again, and so they can take advantage of that. So I definitely see that midpoint selling more, which would affect that median value in that indice. I'm curious with the midpoint homes that you know move up or move down type of home. Um, how many of those homes are selling with cash offers that you're, in your opinion, like, is it half, is it a third of them are cash? I still see the homes in that mid-range to be mostly loans. Okay. Um, the ones that I see that are cash are still the lower ones and the higher ones. People with, uh, I just closed a transaction last week that was a $1.7 million cash transaction. So wow. there are people with that kind of cash still. And there's certainly the investors and um, 
people in the under $400,000 price range that have cash. I think the reason the mid, mid-range people tend to be loans is um, because of that move-up person. They're not necessarily um, abundantly wealthy. They're just smart and savvy and want to move up into the next, the next level of home, um, but they have to rely on a loan in order to do it. Oftentimes, oftentimes it makes financial sense to get a loan as well. I mean, with interest rates as low as they are, the Mm -hmm. tax deductibility, uh, there's definitely a sweet spot there where if you've got so much excess money that it makes sense to just go ahead and pay cash. But if you're still looking at the tax returns and looking at what your, you know, your obligations are, sometimes there's, uh, it just makes sense to have that cheap money, that cheap bank money instead of, uh, instead of, you know, getting rid of all of your funds. And then it allows you just to invest that money. Somewhere and, else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and hopefully get a higher rate of return than what you're paying on the, the interest. I think also what plays a factor there is we are seeing some guidelines sort of loosening a little bit in that price range as well. So we, we've, you know, we constantly have lenders coming in, banks coming in, talking to us about guideline changes. And we, we are seeing, you know, higher loan to values being accepted. We're seeing credit scores, you know, that might be a little bit lower now qualifying for these programs. Um, I just had a guy come into our our office yesterday talking about a jumbo product where it, they they call it an asset loan, where if you've got a hundred thousand dollars in assets, they're not verifying any income. They're not looking at tax returns. And so, it makes me a little nervous when I hear that mm-hmm. because I know that sort of is what got us in trouble. But I, I think there there is a certain place for that with a, a specific buyer. And if it's done responsibly, that can open up some financing options for people and really allows that pool of buyers to be a little bit larger. And then obviously that that's who you're dealing with is that larger pool of buyers, which you know hopefully can purchase those homes. So mm-hmm. that, that, I think that plays a factor as well. I think it's worth reminding the listeners too that we're kind of in an unprecedented time here as far as conventional financing goes. There's this high balance loan amount that's available that has never been, this has never been something that conventional financing is offered. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have always looked across the country at, at um, home sales and and home loan data and they've determined on a national level what loan amount they're willing to go to based on those median sales prices and it's for our market for the california market it always seems like kind of a lower loan amount Mm -hmm. Um, since about 2005 they've grandfathered in four hundred and seventeen thousand dollars as that conforming loan limit and then in 2008 or 9 they introduced the high balance loan limit which for a period of time allowed um, loans in Slow County um, to go up to 687,500, and now they've ratcheted it down a little bit. It's now 561,200, but that's a loan category that's probably not gonna be here for the long term. At some point, uh, those agencies are going to get back to just their their single loan limit, their their conforming loan limit, and, and it will be that. And it could go down from the 417 level. So there's this unique opportunity right now to get conventional loans that are really truly jumbo loans right uh, right now and and underwritten to slightly looser um, agency guidelines right now. So that's it's an opportunity that I don't know that people are really fully aware of. Yeah, it, it really creates a great opportunity, especially for our area, like you said, with where you've got a home price that's typically in a lot of areas going to be above that 417 limit. And so what Dan's talking about is there was a time where anything above 417,000 was considered a jumbo. And that category of loans had a, a pretty significant price adjustment. So you're going to pay higher interest rate to get anything above that 417. And 
having the ability to go above 417 and really not have much of a price adjustment is, is a great opportunity and who knows how long we're going to see that. Um, we, we do need to take our final commercial break of the show now. Um, when we come back, we'll have about 10 or 15 minutes left with Kristen. So I hope that if you have any questions you've been sitting on, you can uh, squeeze them in here. Um, we only, only have a little bit of time to take questions. So 543-8830 if there's something that you were just dying to ask. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The City of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, long games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Benzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrowbayforth.org. That's morrowbayforth.org. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any... All right, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. This is the home stretch. Just a few short minutes away from getting outside and joining the rest of you in the beautiful sunshine. 
You know, I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing this earlier in the hour, but Kristen, I have failed to ask you how folks can get a hold of you if they're interested in either um, exploring buying or listing a property with you. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I have a number of websites that you can go to and, of course, the typical phone and email. But um, I have two websites that are are unique um, or different from each other. One is for buyers and one is for sellers. So if you're a buyer, you want to go to www.kristenshomes.com and that's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-S homes.com. And I specify that because there is a kristenhomes.com and she is in Texas and that's not <laughs> me. Um, the seller's website is, um, what is it? I totally forgot. Well, you have your valuation oh, website. Oh, oh, no. Um, HomesInSanLuisObispo.com is my seller's website. And I had already mentioned the, the home valuation, the SLOHomeValuation.com. If you want to reach me by phone or text, it's 805-540-9962. And my email is CrabtreeRealtor at gmail.com. Great. And what's a, who's a good client for you right now? Mm, um. Definitely somebody who has a specialty property and who is interested in, in talking about selling it because those are so hot right now. Um, we still have a ton of buyers out there looking for those types of properties. So if you have been wondering when the right time is, that would be this is the right time. You do have folks who are still just waiting for that perfect property to come on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Um, let's see here. We've got more time. No one's calling. I know you're out there listening. You're kind of making us look bad when we have a guest on. You're not calling in, but that's okay. We know you're listening, so we'll just keep talking. Well, I actually have a question for you guys. Sure. Um, we were talking at the, during the commercial break a little bit about something that's, I think, really relevant uh, to me personally and, and also to a lot of people that I've talked about, and that is um, the lending options for a self-employed person, a lot of realtors. Uh, struggle with this because they write off so much of their income and other self-employed people do as well and it becomes um, really challenging to to uh, make that adjustment tax-wise I, I did it it took me years to actually claim more income on my taxes so that I, I was in a position where I could buy things houses whatever um, and so can you speak to that a little bit yeah, we uh, we have several programs for, and these are really they match up perfectly for the self-employed borrower. Uh, again, you obviously are earning money throughout the year, and the idea is to earn as much money as you can. But when it comes time to pay your taxes, to have that tax bill as small as possible. So many times, banks were averaging out two years worth of tax returns to come up with your uh, your your monthly income. Um, and sometimes one year is better than the other, and that may, if the, the previous year was better, then it might, you know, benefit you. But if it, if your business is continuing to grow, uh, that may potentially hurt you. So looking at, at programs, which we do offer, that offer self-employed borrowers to only provide one year worth of tax returns has been really good for a lot of self-employed borrowers. It also puts them in a position maybe before they get to the point where they're filing their tax returns, where they come in and sit down with us and say, okay, 
okay, this is sort of the price range that I'm looking. What do we need to make these tax returns look like? If I came to you after April 15th with the tax return of this amount, where would we be looking? And it really gives them some insight as far as possibly maybe not using all of the deductions that they could that particular year, maybe paying a little bit more in tax, but showing additional income and then qualifying for a home. So we, we do see and advise um, you know some of our clients with respect to that as well. And then we also do have some programs um, that we were talking about where they call them asset loans, where if you've got enough money in the bank and this particular guideline that, that I was looking at yesterday was $100,000 in the bank, a loan amount between 417 and 640, and you're putting down 30%, there's no income verification. So, I mean, you talk about a self-employed borrower who's been in business for one year and you don't have to provide a tax return as long as you've got the funds in the bank to show, hey, we've got some liquidity here, we've got $100,000 um, and we've got some money to put down. That, that's an opportunity that, that a buyer wouldn't have had otherwise. So th those, those guidelines are loosening up and they're always changing and that's the beautiful thing. So if you're not sure exactly where you stand with respects to that, give us a call and we can definitely go over those financing options with you and really lay out all the options on the table and then advise you you know, on the best, best course of action moving forward at that point. In addition to just the one year tax return qualification, um, some folks have made the decision in the last few years to go from working at a company to starting their own practice, whatever the, the field may be. And we can, we have a portfolio program where the, that person only needs to have one year history of self-employment. Typically, even even in the instance where we can use one year of tax return, right. they still have to have a two-year self-employment history. Um, we also have an option where you only have one year of self-employment history. Um, so that that's kind of nice for someone who wants to buy a home now. They feel like the opportunity is right now. They don't want to wait that extra year to have the full two-year history to be able to buy a home. That's a huge opportunity, and, and it's really neat that you guys act as, um, call it lending advisors or lending consultants as opposed to, you know, just the lending part of it, you know, because a lot of people out there really do need that guidance. A lot of my clients do. So listen up, clients. <laughs> That's what makes the job fun, just yeah. plugging people into the, you know, the normal program. I mean, it's, those are great loans to do, too. They're, you know, they're easy to get done, but I, I you know find some of these more challenging scenarios um, that really are rewarding um, because people feel like there's just not a lot of hope sometimes and to be able to find a creative solution um, it, it, it's satisfying to be able to to marry that person up with the right loan program to fit their needs and then you know they're grateful to be in the home that, of their dreams hopefully yeah so yeah, if you're asking the right questions, you're finding out the important information for that particular buyer. And some people don't want to be buried in the backyard of that particular home. And so maybe it's a, a three or four or five year window and maybe a 30 year fixed loan doesn't make the most sense for them. And so it's just understanding sort of what their plans are moving forward and then trying to match them up with the best program possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So let's see here. What haven't we covered? Um, well, I know I can talk about a trend that I've been seeing that's kind of frustrating and and uh, and a little bit scary. Um, a lot of escrows have been falling out, and I've seen it affect my uh, listings a number of times. Fortunately, my buyers tend to be more stable than 
a lot of the buyers out there. But um, once upon a time, escrows were falling out because of lending. And, and fortunately now, that's really not the reason. I haven't had any fallout in, in the last, I don't know, year or two due to lending situations. But what, what I think is happening and why those escrows are falling apart is because there is such a low amount of inventory that buyer, either buyers are getting sort of quote-unquote sold on the property but not really invested in it, or agents are selling them on the property and they're not really invested in it. So when the slightest hiccup happens, which inevitably a hiccup will happen, usually come home inspection time, they, they cancel out of the transaction. And it's, it's a very scary, very frustrating thing for the seller. So I, um, I would urge buyers to really take the, the process seriously. And just because you have that 17-day window where you can cancel and get your deposit back, it's not a casual thing, and you're really affecting somebody else as well. So make sure that you're very excited about the property and that you do intend to move forward with it. Well, it's got to be hard when inventory is so limited for someone. I mean, how how do you advise someone when they want to find a home? They're ready. You know, now's the, the right time. The kids are out of school. We want to make a change. The right house doesn't seem to be out there for us. You know, at what point do you decide that this is the right property, even though I feel like I'm settling a little bit? That's an excellent question, and, and I'd love to comment on that. Um, what a lot of buyers don't realize is that they're not looking for their dream home. They're looking for a good shell of a home. And the things that you can't change are location, view, size of the, the property that the house is on, and the size of the house itself is, is a little more challenging to, to change as well. But if you get those ingredients there, then the house is right. It's the right shell. So looking for the dream property is not necessarily what you're really, really doing. That's great advice. I, I remember, you know, gosh, it's been 11 years now. I bought my first house and going around and looking, I, I had this, I guess now I realize it was a fantasy that the <laughs> perfect house, it met every one of my check boxes would be there. And that just isn't the case. Um, something needs work. Something just isn't quite the way I would have done it or wanted it. Um, but homes can be changed. There's, you know, infinite possibilities with homes, whether it's addition or, or interior upgrades or landscape changes. You can do so much of the cosmetic, even structural changes to a home. But, but there are certain things that can't be changed. And uh, I, I think that's a great advice for, for people, um, whether the first time, sometimes people who've transacted lots of real estate need that reminder. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That's great. Kristen, I am so appreciative of you taking time out of your Saturday to join us. Remind us one more time how we and our listeners could get a hold of you. Sure. It's uh, My phone number is 805-540-9962. My email starts with my last name, which is Crabtree, C-R-A-B as in boy, T-R-E-E, realtor, at gmail.com. I have some websites as well, but you can just Google me. Just Google my name. They'll come up. Yep. She's the top one on the list when you Google Kristen Crabtree. She's with Century 21 Hometown Realty. Her home office is in Pismo Beach, but she works all over the county. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, if you need any 
finance advice during the week, you can give us a call at any one of our offices by dialing one easy number, 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Or visit us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. We will take a break next week, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another live show. 